Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From a studio C. C, senor. Not a dimly room. I gotta walk over and dim the lights. But soon to be a dimly lit room deeper than the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Communications compound. And hey, everybody. Today we're under the tutelage of our general manager, Dave Chappelle. Continuing Again? to fight back against the woke police. I that's, just love it. That's still a story. Yeah, yeah it kind of is the follow up. It's mostly amusing at this point to, to hear his defiance. You know, another possible general manager is Jack Dims the Lights, because it was like we were conducting brain surgery in the studio. Uh, <laughs> another possible general manager, the plunge in COVID cases, down 57% since the peak on September 1st. Yeah, that's good news. I did notice yesterday that we're still rolling at about 1,500 dead a day. So this month, yeah. we're probably going to have 45,000 people die of COVID. Big finish here. Yeah, da 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 da. I have a disclosure to make. So while it's going in the right direction, 45,000 people dying just this month is a bigger number than I thought was going to happen total when this all began. Right. That's a pretty severe flu season. Yeah. It's going to happen this month. And what yes, happened? we know some people who die with COVID are misclassified. Blah, blah. We know. We know, we know, we know. We know. No, feel, know. feel free to text an email again. I think you should. Okay. All right, super. So uh, here's my shocking disclosure. Uh, last night I felt uh, really phlegmy, really kind of congested and stuff. Got up this morning, uh, felt the same. Just uh, that sounds familiar. Cold, cold symptoms. And, 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 and I see you're at work just like I was a week and a half ago. Well, yes, yes, yes. But I, I awoke my bride and I said, "I'm feeling funky. Uh, do, do you know where I can get a, a coronavirus test quick?" And she said, yeah, in the closet, in the, the cabinet, in the kitchen. I'd forgotten it when she felt funky and was about to travel to see a friend who was immune compromised. She got a, a kid of them. And so I went and took it. I stirred my nostrils. I ah, made my eyes water. And I just stuck the thing in a tube and I took out the test strip and looked for the pink. And I, I don't have it. One, Apparently, I have a cold. One pink stripe. Well, that's what I, what I thought I had. I didn't test myself. but And I still don't know if I had COVID or not. I Almost certainly did, since my whole family has it. But um, how accurate are those home test kits? Do you have any idea of that? My recollection, and feel free to uh, enlighten me further, my good friends, if you like, whether via text 415-295-KFTC, a number that should be in your phone. Maybe you don't want it now, but you will someday. You'll want to text us. Like 415-295-KFTC. Maybe if you have a flat tire or mm. medical emergency. Oh, that reminds me of the, uh, the hiker who was stranded on the mountain. Overnight in cold, cold temperatures at risk of his life. And he kept ignoring calls on his phone because he didn't recognize the number. And he thought they were spam. It was the authorities trying to find him and rescue him. And, you know, part of me thinks, you idiot. And part of me thinks, nah, I don't want those people to know it's a live number. So anyway, he didn't die or anything. So anyway, oh, okay. So getting back. Oh, you can also email us mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. My recollection from months ago, which may or may not be accurate, is the home tests uh, yield uh, uh, false positives? That's their main problem. But they're not going to give you a false negative. Problem. A negative when you are positive, right? That's okay. again. That's my recollection. Yeah. 
But, you know, if I just feel sniffly. Other than that, I feel great. i got to admit, and this is a message for everybody, maybe I can help the world since I am a test case for stupidity. i got to admit, I, I kind of felt like, you know, this thing's, I'm over it. I'm just over it. i got allergies. Right. I just didn't even really think about it. i I got to admit, I just did not think about it could be COVID. Well, if you're vaccinated in particular, if you get COVID, it will probably be quite mild and merely annoying like I am right now. But, but again, I don't want to give it to other people. No, of course not. It is. Oh, no, no, no. I get your point. It is exactly as I suspected. And all along, I've never been concerned about the disease. I've always been concerned about the hassle. And the hassle is huge. I got both kids that need to be home now for like two weeks. And, uh, you know, another parent's sick. And so it's, it's a hassle. It's a huge, you can't get a babysitter to watch your kids when they got COVID. So, I mean, it's a huge interruption of your life for several weeks. So that's one good reason to avoid the damn thing. Oh, yeah, absolutely true. Yeah. Hey, um, I had a question. Oh, so on the scam calls. So I got one the other day where it was, it was fairly clearly a recording just based on the timing of it. But so mm-hmm. I, I said, hello. And, there, and I answer my phone now because I'm dealing with so many different doctors and stuff like that over a variety of things. So I just answer my phone all the time. Otherwise, I end up missing calls. And then right. you know what it's like trying to call a doctor back. If you miss their call, you're doomed. So anyway. So you can get the Pope on the phone more easily. So I answer my phone all the time now, and I get a lot of scam calls. But I got one that said, hey, hey, hold on. I'm trying to get my Bluetooth. Hold on just a second. Wow, that's good. And, it, <laughs> and I thought, well, what, what's the point of it? What's the what was the point of that? Well, yeah, because it becomes apparent pretty quickly, doesn't it, that it's a fake person? Yeah. So, is there a certain amount of time they need to keep me on the line for something? Mm, that's what that's I was it. trying to figure out because it seemed like they were stalling before it became completely evident that it was a scam call. Okay, so there wasn't call. some sort of advanced AI going on where it actually held a conversation with you. N- well, no, not really. Okay. No, that's interesting. I just wondered what the point was. Oh, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you think, oh, wow, this is clearly a human. You're, there is a problem with your account. You need to call blah, blah, blah. Well, wait a minute. When, then, then when it becomes clear it's not a real human. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what that that's 100%. Was. I think it's just for the weak-minded. I don't, I don't know. I want to drive the, to the, those people's houses and punch them in the nose. Of course, they're just bots in a computer somewhere. Punch him right in a hard drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's, the other attack I've noticed is really common with the scams now is is every scam purports to be an investigation of a scam. Oh, good one. To get you, you know, to think, oh, well, it's clearly not a criminal. They just said that they're investigating criminals. So <laughs> here's my account number. What the, the number on the front of the card? Absolutely. Here it is. 177. <laughs> The uh, the government's got to do something about that. I mean, it's it's practically to the point that you can't use your phone. I don't know what the government can do. Yeah, I, I know. think death I penalty. Know. I think really is the only option. You need to make it a death penalty, a capital offense, to set up a spam call computer. And that's well, the only you're way. gonna have to sp- send drones or special forces or whatever into Russia, Nigeria, Iran, Turkey, wherever those places are operating. Can do. Uh, we should start the show officially, because then we got uh, some things to tease you about and let you know we're going to talk about. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Tuesday. We call it Little Wednesday around here. October 26th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, let's begin officially now according to FCC rules and regulations. Swinging into action as only we can at Mark. McDonald's has announced that next month it'll begin testing its new meatless McPlant burger. In that case, uh, just the cash in the register, said the Hamburglar. 
<laughs> Go over to Wendy's. <laughs> I don't know. Those uh, plant burgers are pretty good. So I got a question for everybody. Maybe they can weigh in on this. Has anybody tried out uh, Truth Social, Trump's new social media platform? Anybody no, been I just saw the notice that it has uh, been launched. Yeah, well, it got launched a couple days ago. Anyway, it's been around for a little while now. And uh, and they announced today that they are going to censor self-righteous scolds. So part of the uh, appeal of the Trump social media platform is that the, it's going to be more freewheeling, but they, they did announce today there will be censorship of self-righteous scolds. I don't know what crosses the line. To <sighs> and how's, how's that algorithm work? I, I don't know. Maybe they have human beings doing it. Ah, there's a self-righteous scold. I know one when I see one. SRC. <laughs> SRS. Sorry, yeah. Got an SRS right here. Deleter account. We won't put up with that. But I, yeah. I haven't tried it yet. Is there an app I get for my phone? Or uh, Well, I, I understand like people who so resent Twitter and the left-aligned uh, sure. uh, social media that they want an alternative. I want another social media platform like I want a stab wound. Well, I mean, true, ugh. but uh, the, the, the libertarian take on all of this... Social media stuff is the free market will figure it out, right? Competition will rise up. They'll have to adjust, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, here's here's an example of that. So. Sure. Yeah, do what you want. Sign on to it if you want. I, I suppose I may stick my nose in just to see what's up mm. for yeah. the purposes of the program. Are you on SRS? I am occasionally, Is yeah. there anybody that's on social media that's not an SRS occasionally? <laughs> Self-righteous scold? They're posting pictures of their dog. It's kind of what the whole social media thing is. Yeah, pictures of your dog, pictures of your vacation. Right. And then some... You call that a dog? And then some self-righteous scoldery. <laughs> um, how does mailbag look? It's actually quite good. Some real good, real insights from the folks. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. I don't know if this is a big deal. Well, it's not, definitely not a big deal. But there are a number of people wondering, why is this whole Alec Baldwin shooting person taking so long to get the details out? It's going on a week since that poor woman got shot. Ongoing investigation, Jack. No comment. They're having a press conference tomorrow, a full week later on the whole thing. Nobody can figure out what's going on there. Is there a, you know, covering asses, protecting rich and powerful people happening, or, or, or what? And also worth discussing, there is a caravan of thousands of would-be immigrants marching through Mexico, loudly declaring... That they are going to simply enter the United States, the laws of the U.S. be damned. Well, they probably are. How, what is going to be done about it? Probably nothing. These are rhetorical questions. <laughs> I'll thank you to stop answering them. <laughs> when is the Biden to administration... Be to be! To be! It's to be! <laughs> Surely the American people are going to demand of the Biden administration that they deal with this, that they get ready for it. I see how the Texas state authorities are assembling the National Freaking Guard to defend our border because the Biden administration won't. Well, you know the story, and a lot of the listeners know the story, but if you don't watch Fox or listen to shows like ours, you don't have any idea this is happening. So no, the nation will not rise up. There is starting to be a little bit of coverage in the WAPO I saw. God, we can talk about that. Certainly freaking should be, but yeah, that's a definitely a big topic. Our text line is four one no self righteous scolds. Our text line is four one five two nine five KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. 
am I right? The fact that we're not unloading our ships 24-7 is a, is a union thing. That's what they're fighting, right? Most of your big ports in the world, they unload ships round the clock. We, yes. we don't in Long Beach and L.A., where 40% of our goods come through in the United States, two big sports in America. Uh, we don't round the clock. It's being encouraged by President Biden, but it's the unions that's stopping it. Am I right or wrong? Text line 415-295-KFTC. And I actually have more information really interesting about the situation in America's ports, particularly on the West Coast, and why they're causing such an enormous bottleneck. And and uh, there are a number of causes, uh, and the unions are certainly one of them. So stay tuned for that. First, a freedom-loving quote of the day. Going again to the Declaration of Independence, one of our founding documents, for show, for show. There are some people who deny that's true, but it is absolutely true. This is one of my this is my favorite of Thomas Jefferson's list of offenses that the King of England has perpetrated. He has erected a multitude of new offices and sent hither swarms of officers to harass our people and eat out their substance. Well, that's clearly happening. Yeah, no kidding. Hello, TJ, dude. We hear you. We hear you. We got a different king now. We got a bunch of kings. They get together in Washington, D.C., and they formed a committee of kinghood and seized up far more power than you and your uh, founding papas ever intended. What are you going to do? You're going to do what we're doing right here. You're going to fight it. Mailbag. Woo! Yay! Writes Jamie in Fairfield. You guys, reading my email last week almost makes up for you going almost two calendar years without talking about a disease that was allegedly caught by exotic meat bought in a Chinese market without ever once playing the succulent Chinese meal clip. What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? (laughs) You know, it's an excellent point, Jamie. Now the healing process can begin. Hail Fauci, let's go Brandon, and KFTC. Thank you, sir. Oh, got some good let's go Brandon stuff as the Washington Post scolds right-wing America for their coarseness. Oh, but wait. Let's take a look back at the way the left half of the country handled Trump. Stay tuned for that later. Please do shut up, Washington Post. Moving along, this is from uh, Stephen. Howdy, Jack and Joe. I'm a 30-year-old field service technician for a company that services port apotes been listening to your show on and off for a few years and great listening to your discussions through the morning. You guys make a stinky job go by fast. Well, thank you for that note. Jack and I have both had stinky, sweaty, nasty jobs in our lives. Oh, absolutely. Porta potty. So he probably delivers them and picks them up? Maybe pumps them out. Mm-hmm. An aggressive scent. Yeah, it says services them. So I think he sticks the hose down in there and sucks out the, well, uh, you know you what? what? I got I to gotta say, dropping them off would be one thing. Picking them up after a three-day asparagus festival, or whatever, whatever, oh, for instance, for whatever you were going oh, to. Wow, how how many folks vomited? Raise uh, a show of hands. There, quite a few. Hot summer Monday, and you go to pick them up after a three-day music festival. Oh, oh boy, golly. that's a job for oh, you, right there. Golly, golly, that's a dirty job. Dirty <laughs> job indeed. Um. Uh, loyal listener Robert writes, and I love this, guys, in honor of the Fauci-China connection, I thought a proper name for COVID-19 should be the Fauci fever. Oh, good one. It's better in print. It's F-A-U-Z-I. It's a little... Fauci and Chairman Xi. It's fairly subtle as an audio commentary. Indeed, the Fauci figure. Try it. It rolls right off the tongue. I would uh, agree, Robert. Well, well crafted. 
Uh, by the way, that reference to dirty jobs, shout out to Mike Rowe. Mike listens to the show semi-regularly, or so he told us. And, you know, frankly, I'm not going to call him on it because it strokes my ego. Uh, anyway, I hope he's doing well. He's really he's every bit the terrific guy as he seems in, in uh, on the air. Uh, Bill writes, I just listened to our, uh, one of uh, Monday's podcasts, specifically Fauci's gain-of-function answer on the Sunday's n- Sunday news shows. I think we have a little sample of that, don't we, Michael Fauci? And the research was very strictly under what we call a framework of oversight of the type of research. And under those conditions, which we've explained very, very clearly, does not constitute research of gain of function of concern. Bill is an investigator of crimes and writes, One of the first things an investigator looks for when trying to determine whether someone is telling the truth is how many words someone uses to answer an incriminating question that has a simple answer. The more words someone uses to make a complex answer to a very simple question, the greater the chance they're trying to deceive the interviewer in some way. That answer was a huge red flag. Remember that story we had a couple of weeks ago? It was from the business world. It was if uh, if you listen to a CEO and they got a lot of jargon, their company is not going to do as well as companies where the CEO gets up there and says, yep, we got a new car. It's faster than the other one, so it's going to sell a lot. <laughs> Great example. Yep. And KP writes, everybody's covering the remark or the remark by Terry McAuliffe that parents shouldn't have a say in their children's education. What about people having a say in their government? Now that you mentioned it, maybe someone should ask him. That's a great question. Uh, do you think parents should uh, be able to tell the government how it should work? Because uh, the Constitution says we do. In fact, that's kind of the idea of the place, Terry, you hack liar. What's going on with the supply interruption? If you miss an hour of the show, go to armstrongandgetty.com for the podcast. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Marge, Lisa, today we'll be using hypnotherapy as a tool that builds empathy by exploring the landscapes of each other's minds. I'm sorry, I just find it a little hard to believe that everything's going to be solved just because you swing a gold pocket watch in front of my face. (laughs) Oh, hypnotism has come a long way since pocket watches. Now look into Dr. Mysterio's mesmerific hypno wheel. So that's from The Simpsons, an upcoming episode in which they have a new character, Dr. Wendy Sage, who is one-breasted breast cancer survivor and a hypnotherapist. So I don't know if this is like Sesame Street when they decided to go woke or it's just an attempt at humor. I have no idea. I'll have to watch the episode. I'm, I'm scanning my memory bank of Simpsons episodes and characters. I don't recall anybody who had been... Um, disfigured by a disease and that was a major part of their thing i mean the captain i believe had had his arm chewed off by a uh, right uh, presumably a whale or a shark did she go to see dr nick hi everybody i, I uh, that's <laughs> odd why are they doing that i, I just happened to watch the uh, treehouse of horrors episode last night um from this year i think and uh the first part of it had to do with uh Marge was absolutely desperate to get Homer to the polls to vote in the last election, because obviously if the election didn't go the right way, Earth would be consumed in fire and hell and, and the rest of it. And there's no zero pushback. Of course, it was just self-evident, of course, that Biden had to be elected to save humanity. So anyway, little insufferable. Speaking of insufferable, 
Not being able to get consumer goods, rampant inflation, empty shelves at Christmas, the rest of it highly, highly annoying. What's going on with this? Well, I think we've all heard by now, part of it is this enormous bottleneck at U.S. ports. I've seen more attention paid to the ports on the West Coast, uh, particularly uh, L.A. and Long Beach, which are cheek bejowl with each other. Um, uh, and I have a couple of interesting featurettes for you on that topic. At least I, I hope they're interesting. That's kind of what we're shooting for here. Southern California's L.A. and Long Beach ports handle the most ocean cargo of any ports in the United States, but are some of the least efficient in the world, according to a ranking by the World Bank and IHS Market, which I don't know. Well, yeah, as we went through this stuff last week, I remember, I don't think, it, well, first of all, China had like seven of the top 10 and 15 of the top 20 biggest ports in the world. But our two biggest ports, which are L.A. and Long Beach, which you could kind of count as one port, but... I think they're the only ones in the top 10 aren't working 24-7, which is a pretty huge difference. Yeah, yeah. Well, listen to this. <clears throat> I mean, we like to think of the United States as a leader in this, that, and the other, whether it be technology or, or you know, the oh, yeah, and then economy. The, and or, the automation part, yeah. Right, exactly. Um, in a review of 351 container ports around the globe, L.A. was ranked number 328. Out of 351, behind Tanzania's Dar el Salaam and Alaska's Dutch Harbor, the fake state of Alaska. The adjacent port of Long Beach came in even lower at 333, behind Turkey's Nemrut Bay and Kenya's Mombasa, the group said in their inaugural container port performance index published in May. Well, this is a fat, happy society that has been the dominant economic power in the world, uh, paying a price for its lethargy. And age. Remember last week we were going through. Uh, 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 you got, Google it yourself. Google longshoremen automation ports and look at all the articles going back ten years. Over every time they try to automate the ships or bring in automated ships or automate the ports, the longshoremen either go on strike or threaten to go on strike, so that we get automated or be able to unload automated ships like they do in every other port in the world. Right. Okay, tuck that away in your memory bank. So we'll we come back to it in a human second. Human beings using their arms, but only nine to five, right. not 24-7. Well, of course we're going to have a supply chain problem. Total number of ships waiting to unload outside the two adjacent ports hit a new all-time record of 100 yesterday. America's purchases of imported goods have jumped to levels the U.S. supply chain infrastructure can't handle. Biden's boat parade. Not as fun as the Trump boat parades. I love it. Top port honors went to Japan's Yokohama and Saudi Arabia's King Abdullah on the ranking. Well, that's because if you don't load the, the, the trucks fast enough, they'll chop off your arm in Saudi Arabia. Well, it's also, and this is what we're supposed to be good at, this is uh, uh, places where they got one goal. Okay, let's build a port, and we want to be able to unload as many ships as fast as we can. How do we do it? Uh, automation machines 24-7. Okay, do it immediately. As opposed to we're doing it like we did it in the 50s. And excuse me, how many LGBTQ2 plus SRBBQ people do you have working at the King Abdullah port, please? Finishing out the top five were uh, Chiwan, part of Shenzhen's port in Guangdong Province, China, South China's Gongzhou port, and Taiwan's unpronounceable port. Ports in Asia, the Middle East, and North Africa dominated the top 50 spots, while just four U.S. ports cracked the top 100. Philadelphia and the port of Virginia in the 80s, New York and New Jersey also in the 80s, and uh, 
Uh, Charleston, South Carolina at number 95. So that is just sad. So as I said last week, I think one of the reasons the, uh, the Biden administration is handling the port story, the, the supply chain story the way they are is they don't want to draw attention to all the left wing policies that are causing problems here in the United States. Whether it's the, uh, the gig workers law in California and truck drivers and the price of gas or lack of automation or unions not working, you know, all these different things that are Almost entirely left-wing policies. Yeah, they're anti-efficiency, certainly. So I told you to tuck away the whole union thing, and Jack just brought it up again. The other thing is regulation, as Jack indicated. This is really interesting. It's from Ryan Peterson, who's uh, who knows a great deal about the port industry, and it's a Twitter string. I found it just terrific. He says, yesterday I rented a boat and took the leader of one of Flexport's partners in Long Beach on a three-hour tour of the port complex. A three-hour tour. Well said. You had the, the the rules of comedy demanded that. <laughs> first off, the boat captain said we were the first company to ever rent his boat to tour the port to see how everything was working up close. His usual business is doing memorial services at sea. He said we were a lot more fun than his regular customers. All bad. <laughs> Moving along, the ports of L.A. slash Long Beach are at a standstill in a full three-hour loop. Would you like to a three-hour loop? Thank you. <laughs> Through the port complex, passing every single terminal, we saw less than a dozen containers get unloaded. There are hundreds of cranes. I counted only seven that were even operating, and those seem to be going pretty slowly. It seems that everyone now agrees that the bottleneck is yard space at the container terminals. These terminals are yard. simply yard. These terminals are simply overflowing with containers, which means they no longer have space to take in new containers, either from ships or land. It's a true traffic jam. I need to explain to you uh, the term chassis refers to a truck upon which you would put a container. Okay. When did they start saying that instead of trailer? Is there a reason? That's fine. It must be port lingo, but everybody's saying chassis now. Fine, whatever. What do you want me to do? Fire up the CB radio, play Convoy, and and, and, and pee into a bottle? I don't know. It's irrelevant. <laughs> Let's move on. So anyway, so Ryan writes... Put on a right, vest? Is that what you want me to do? <laughs> exactly. Try to stop at a truck stop and take a shower? Come on. <laughs> right now, if you have a chassis with no empty container on it, you can go pick up containers at any port terminal. However, if you have an empty container on that chassis, they're not allowing you to return it, except on a highly restricted basis. You can't get the empty off the chassis. You don't have a chassis to go pick up the next container. And if nobody goes to pick up the next container, the port remains jammed. With the yard so full, carriers and terminals are being highly restrictive in when and where they'll accept empties. Also, containers are not fungible between carriers, so the truckers have to drop their empty off at the right terminal. Mm. This is causing empty containers to pile up. This one trucking partner alone has 450 containers sitting on chassis right now at his yard. Those are trucks with empty containers that can't do anything with them. This is a trucking company with six yards that represents yards. 153 owner-operator drivers, so he has almost three containers sitting on chassis at his yard for every driver on his team. Does this seem like the sort of thing some sort of military logistic expert should sit down and figure out in an afternoon? Yeah, this guy actually kind of does. Um, he can't take the containers off the chassis because he's not allowed by the city of Long Beach zoning code to store empty containers more than too high in his truck yard. If he violates this code, they'll shut down his yard altogether. There you go. Take care of that now. With the chassis all tied up storing empties that can't be returned to the port, there are no chassis available to pick up containers at the port. 
And with the all the containers piling up in the terminal yard, the longshoremen can't unload the ships. So the queue grows longer, with now over 70 ships, it's now 100, containing 500,000 containers waiting offshore. The line is getting longer and longer, not shorter. This is a negative feedback loop that is rapidly cycling out of control that, if it continues unabated, will destroy the global economy. All right, how do we fix destroy this, you ask? Destroy the global economy? I hope that's hyperbole. Yeah, I probably shouldn't just read through that line and just <laughs> yeah. continue merrily on my way. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. What was that about destroying the what now? Hmm? <laughs> How do we fix this, you ask? Simple. We can do it fast now. When you're designing an operation, you must choose your bottleneck. I found this stuff. So how much more of this is there? I tell you what, This is it, no matter what business you're in, And maybe you're not even in business. Maybe you're a meth junkie laying in your own filth in a tent in a city park. I don't care who you are. You're going to find what comes next really intriguing. With a battery-operated transistor radio? Is that what you're picturing? For instance. Although I'm sure you can run a cord into a business and they're uh, denied by law from unplugging your cord. Certainly into your blue cities. I had a pretty late night and I do love my meth, but I'm going to get up early and hurry Armstrong and Getty. I'll tell you I'll tell you what, when A&G start talking logistics, that's when I listen. <laughs> uh, and a uh, a well-known armory dude for the movies turned down Alec Baldwin's movie because he said it was an accident waiting to happen. Oh, wow. Interesting. Re- reporting from the L.A. Times. We'll get to it at some point. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. What a mess that Alec Baldwin cowboy movie set apparently was. And now oh, yeah. somebody's Is everybody dead. drunk? I don't know. But, Crazy. Uh, Crazy. More on that a little bit later. Got some Tesla news. As Wall Street Journal is asking, do we still need to subsidize a company when it's worth a trillion dollars? <laughs> And dominating a market. But, uh, Fair question. Stay tuned for that. And also, the Democrats' a new plan for taxing the wealth of billionaires. Like a, I mean, you talk about out-of-the-box thinking. It's, yeah. It's out-of-the-box thinking. And there are thousands of migrants approaching our border with the absolutely declared intention to defy our laws and come on in. What is the Biden administration going to do with it? I'll tell you, what about it. tell you what they're going to do. They're going to let them come on in and stay forever. I'm afraid you're right. So uh, we'll talk about all those things coming up right now. We, If you're just tuning in, we we're talking about how U.S. ports rank uh, at the bottom of the efficiency ratings around the world. I mean, we're behind all sorts of third world countries. Uh, the L.A. and Long Beach ports, which are the most important ports um, in, in the country, certainly combined, um, are crazy inefficient. They are stacked with 100 plus container ships, hundreds of thousands of containers. I mean, unspeakable numbers of, of, of goods and, and the rest of it. It's we should really be, screwing up the global economy. We should be the best, most efficient ports in the world. That's what we should be, not in the 300s behind countries you've never even heard of. Right, right. So we were just describing how the real bottleneck right now is the containers, that they're so piled up with containers and nowhere to put the empties that the trucks can't unload the empties and take on full containers. And it's not that the cranes are overwhelmed or anything like that. So this expert in ports, 
uh, describes uh, this this problem. A hundred ships, seven hundred thousand Canadians waiting offshore. He said, "All right, how do you fix this? Simple, and we can do it fast now. When you're designing an operation, you must choose your bottleneck. If the bottleneck appears somewhere you didn't choose it, you aren't running an operation; it's running you." Uh, the folks at Chick-fil-A know about this. You should always choose the most capital-intensive part of the line to be your bottleneck. In a port, that's a, the ship-to-shore cranes. The cranes should never be unable to run because they're waiting for another part of the operation to catch up. The bottleneck right now is not the cranes. It's yard space at the container and terminals. And it's empty chassis to come clear those containers out. Chassis meaning empty trucks. In operations, when a bottleneck appears somewhere that you didn't design for it to appear, you must overwhelm the bottleneck. Here's a simple plan uh, that the POTUS and Gavin Newsom partnered with the private sector, labor truckers, and everywhere else in the chain must implement today to overwhelm the bottleneck and create yard space at the port so we can operate again. An executive order effective immediately overriding the zoning rules in Long Beach and, and L.A. to allow truck yards to store empty containers up to six high instead of the current limit of two. Make it temporary. Fine. 120 days. This will free up tens of thousands of trucks right now that are just storing containers on wheels. Those trucks can immediately be taken to the ports to haul away the containers. Step two, bring every container truck owned by the National Guard and the military anywhere in the U.S. to the ports and loan them to the terminals for 180 days. Three, create a new temporary container yard yard at a large 500-acre or more piece of government land adjacent to an inland railhead within 100 miles of the port complex. Four, force the railroads to haul all containers to this new site, turn around, and come back. No more 1,500-mile train journeys to Dallas. We're doing 100-mile shuttles, turning around and doing it again. Truckers will go to the site to get containers instead of the port. Now, I'm not sure about the government's uh, ability to compel uh, railroad companies to do this. It sounds a little like something Harry Truman tried to do uh, way back in the day. Anyway, uh, five, bring in barges and small container ships and start hauling containers out of Long Beach to other smaller ports that aren't backed up. Hmm. This is not a comprehensive list. Please add to it. We don't need to do the best ideas. We need to do all the ideas. We must overwhelm the bottleneck and get these ports working again. I can't stress enough how bad it is for the world economy if the ports don't work. Every company selling physical goods bought or sold internationally will fail. And earlier in that article, he said this will destroy the world economy, which... A statement. Well, he says, actually, in his, his next post, the circulatory system of our globalized economy depend on which it depends has collapsed. And thanks to the negative feedback loops involved, it's getting worse, not better, every day that goes by. I'd be happy to lead this effort for the federal and state government if asked. Leadership is the missing ingredient at this point. So well, that's, that's shocking, since we have such a dynamic young uh, wunderkind in the White House. Well, I'm a right-winger, so I have a tendency to think government sucks at what they do anyway, but I just I think our government is just too big and slow and ponderous and distracted to ever react to anything like this in any timely way. Well, when everybody has their power and their fiefdom, and they don't readily give that up, and so the guy who's in charge of regulating trucks or the height of the stacks of containers or whatever is going to say, whoa, 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 let's slow down here. Not so fast, smart boy. You know these people. So this guy you've never heard of, he turned down working on the movie Rust. He's a veteran prop master. He's been in L.A. for uh, 30 years. He's never worked on a Western, and he was excited about going to work with Alec Baldwin on his movie Rust. So Alex he went, Baldwin. He went and interviewed for the job and decided he didn't want to take it because it just looked too low budget and slipshod. 
This is a movie set in 1880s Kansas, so he was going to show up with a whole bunch of rifles, wagons, pistols, saddles, flower sacks, everything, to create the look that they wanted to have for this movie about the outlaw named Harlan Rust, played by Alec Baldwin. But during the four days of informal discussions with film managers, he said he got a bad feeling. There were massive red flags, he said in an interview Sunday with the L.A. Times. He said he felt that Rust was too much of a slapdash production, one with an overriding focus on saving money instead of a concern for people's safety. Production managers didn't seem to value experience and were brushing off his questions, he said. Ultimately, he told Rust production managers that he would take a pass. After I pressed send on that email, I remember having a feeling in the pit of my, st- of my stomach and thinking to myself, that is an accident waiting to happen. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Why is uh, uh, Alec Baldwin participating in something that funky? I mean, oh. granted, his, his heyday as a movie star is behind him, but he's got zillions of dollars. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to make a movie. Yeah. Movie tradesman. I got. So I got to believe there are low-budget films that aren't slipshod and dangerous, though. God, it wouldn't be that difficult to not have any live rounds on the set. It yeah, doesn't seem point. to me. Good point. Um, detectives found this is from the New York Times reporting on the story. Detectives found three revolvers spent three revolvers spent casings and ammunition in boxes loose and in a fanny pack when they searched the film set where the shooting happened. Ah, uh, ba 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 ba. I'm just looking at this for the first time. Uh, taking together the guns, ammunition, and blood from the scene uh, uh, did not answer the central question of how Hutchins was killed with a gun that was not supposed to contain live ammunition. Well, they're having a press conference tomorrow that should get to that. I would think that they'd be able to answer these questions fairly quickly. Unless well, if everybody's lying. saying, I don't know, are you going to figure it out? I don't know. You, you handed the gun to Alec Baldwin. No, I didn't. If you miss an hour, get the podcast, armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty.